0: time to wake up, it's Saturday morning, find some milk and cereal, grab a bowl and spoon, no, a bigger spoon, head to the living room and take a seat on the floor, while Joseph and Chris present
1: to you, Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun and plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Trigun. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do the same thing
0: oh man i love that theme a great song theme song you know and i forgot about the theme song at first because at first i, I start hearing, it and i'm like well this doesn't sound familiar mm. but it kind of starts out that little bit slower part and then it gets into the faster part and i'm like yeah there it is yeah
1: that's it yeah, i remember this theme song so well like this still repeats in my head sometimes
0: this is our first real anime yeah we did shin chan but
1: that was more of like a, you know, this is more the traditional anime style. So for anyone unfamiliar, I guess, to differentiate, a manga is basically a Japanese comic book and an anime is basically a Japanese cartoon. Just to get that on the table. And we're
0: really bad at pronouncing all these things because people in Japan are probably ridiculing us right now.
1: I think we're doing it right Ma- because it is manga, not manga. Like a lot Anime, of people I think, is actually pronounced like anime. Oh, that that I'm never going to give up. I've said anime my whole life, and that's what it's yeah. going to be. Well, the show Trigun aired in only 1998 because it was only one season that was 26 episodes long. Created by Yasuhiro... and This I'm going to butcher. Created by Yasuhiro Naito. Originally, it was a manga that was turned into a cartoon and produced by Madhouse, which was a Japanese animation studio. Aired on TV Tokyo in Japan and Adult Swim when it came to the U.S., Vash the Stampede is the most infamous outlaw on the planet, Gunsmoke. And with the 60 billion double dollar price on his head, the most sought after. Yeah. Accurate.
0: Very accurate. That's that's more accurate than we usually get.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give him that. So who are some actors from this series, Chris?
0: Um, the character of Vash the Stampede is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch, who has been in so many animes, I can't even begin to name them all. I'm not even gonna try. But if you can think of one, he's probably in it, at least in some capacity. <laughs> uh, he was also a Power Ranger. He was the Black Ranger. So the, the first Black Ranger was Zack, and he replaced Zach. And I believe he was the one that was in the Power Ranger movie when that came out as the Black Ranger. So. Oh, that
1: was that guy? Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can't remember his name, his character name.
1: He's So he Adam- was the one who had the frog?
0: Yes, Adam something. I think Adam was his Maybe. name. Maybe, I can't remember. So anyway, the character of Meryl Strife was voiced by Dorothy Elias Fawn. I'm guessing at that. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, I should really like look up how to pronounce some of these things sometimes. The character of Millie Thompson, voiced by Leah Sargent. Now, her and Dorothy both have done lots of animes together, including Ghost in the Shell and Wolf's Reign, among many others. Nice. So I didn't bother listing a whole bunch, because they're like Johnny Young Bosch; they're in a ton. But it was just interesting, because those these two are in lots of them at the same time. So maybe they're buds, I don't know. Character of Nicholas D. Wolfwood was voiced by Jeff Nimoy. And uh, he's been in lots of Digimon series, more Digimon than anything else. And he is also the second cousin twice removed of Leonard Nimoy. That's a very tiny claim to fame, but I would take it if I was him. (laughs) And then finally, the character of Legato Blue Summers was voiced by Richard
1: Cancino. So here's a few tasty marshmallows from our big bowl of Trigun cereal. The series is named Trigun. This is going to be an obvious one if you've ever seen... I guess you would have to see a few episodes in really to know this, but the series is named Trigun because Vash has three guns, his revolver, his prosthetic arm, which houses a gun, and his angel arm. Trigun, three guns, makes sense. Secondly, for unknown reasons, the anime contains various fictional units of measurement. three most prominent are aisles instead of Miles, Yars instead of Yards, and Double Dollars instead of Dollars. I like like the term double dollars a lot. It sounds really, it makes it sound like more than it actually is. It sounds awesome. Yeah, 60 billion double dollars. That sounds like so much money. I mean, it is still, even if it's only single dollars, 60 billion is a ton. Oh yeah, definitely. And lastly, the show initially failed to garner a large audience in Japan during its original showing in 98, but gained a substantial fan base following its North American premiere on Cartoon Network in early 2003. And some of the attributing factors to this are possibly because of the Western setting is something that Japanese audience couldn't relate to as much. And not only that, but also the more European style names that the characters had, as well as lack of any kind of reference to Japanese culture. If you look at it compared to a lot of other animes. There's not a lot of references to Japan at all. Like you don't have ramen and you don't have like any kind of cultural references. I could kind of see that, honestly.
0: Yeah. uh, Most other animes and stuff like that, a lot of them will have at least some sort of callbacks to Japanese culture, like you said, like ramen or something. Like, there's always characters eating ramen
1: yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's a very obvious one that you see in nearly every anime. Naruto, Dragon Ball Z. Or you'll at least even see, like, some sort of, like, hiragana or kanji
0: or something yeah. on a sign or something in the background, and this didn't exist at all in this yeah, From what I could remember.
1: That's true. And even the the author originally said that the language spoken on planet Gunsmoke was intended to be English. Interesting. It, yeah, it was very for something that was made in Japan. It was something that was very prominently pushed towards an English audience. You know, and there's something else I just thought of that would really prove that point is that.
0: He's always eating donuts and they are the donuts like we would associate with a donut, you know, the the actual bread, the circular bread with the hole in it. Right. But in Japan, a donut is actually like a ball of rice. Oh, you're so right. So in, in most animes, if somebody's eating a donut like um yeah. think of like Brock from Pokemon. Exactly. He, it's always a rice ball, it, but the in here rice it's an ball actual
1: donut. With like the little black holster on the bottom of it. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I I didn't even think about that. Right. So, Chris, what memories do you have of this show? Oh, man. I loved this as a teenager. Like you said, this
0: debuted in the United States on Adult Swim. And Adult Swim's where, well, Toonami, which was before Adult Swim, had like Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing. And that stuff was my introduction to anime. And then once it got a little darker outside, then Adult Swim would come on and you would get some of the little bit more hardcore anime shows like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. So I watched this show religiously. I loved it. This was like one of my Vash is one of my favorite characters of all time. In fact, I remember playing this online game a long time ago. And I don't even remember it might have been called Mafia Wars or something. I just remember it was this little game you go in and you're supposed to be a mafia and you, you hire um thugs and <laughs> like people to shake other people down and you get drugs and you can attack other mob. But my character was always Vash the Stampede. That oh, that was always my name in nice. the game. So I would build up as much stuff as I could, as get as much <laughs> ammo and drugs and <laughs> And shakers and movers and hitmen. And then I would just freaking blow through everybody in a way that someone with the name Vash the Stampede should. Nice. So, it was good stuff. Yeah, I love this show. I, I had a little Vash figurine, too. That
1: was really awesome. And it even had the little black cat. Well, I'm going to one-up you real quick. And I Dick. loved, <laughs> here's the thing. I loved Vash the Stampede. I still love Vash the Stampede, but I loved this so much. When I he, saw you it, loved him physically, <laughs> physically yes, I loved his character so much that you know that silver earring that he has. Yes, I got both of my ears pierced with the exact same kind of earring <laughs> just to honor Vash Stampede because I loved his mantra so much. His basically his whole love and peace thing. That's what he love says constantly throughout the episode. Thro- yeah, constantly throughout the series. So. Because I could relate to his character so much in the way that I, I thought at that time, I wanted to honor him in the best way that I could. Those were my first ear piercings. And so that was the best way I could think to do it at that time. I don't regret nice. it. I don't have those earrings anymore. But I felt super cool having them when I was in high school. <laughs> I'll tell you that.
0: I had very similar ear piercings, not in honor of Vash. It was just because that's I just did it. And then it changed the gauges and
1: they won't heal. I mean, mine are still kind of holes there anyway. They're not ever gonna yeah. fully repair, but that's okay. It just shows that I had a cool life, I guess. Yeah, I guess, or that I was super nerdy and honoring an anime character, right? Or super emo. Yeah. Well, either or, probably both. <laughs> I did also have a, a Vash action figure as well, but he had a black trench coat. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like a, a kind of a uniquely colored one, but he had his he had his pistol. And he he did have the black cat as well. It was probably the same figure you had, just a different
0: variation. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Well, let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes that we watched for today's show. The very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random or listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode, The 60 Billion Double Dollar Man, Season 1, Episode 1, where Meryl and Millie are searching for the legendary bash of Stampede. They are rumored that it is a man that is 12 feet tall and has a green mohawk. A while later, they meet a man befitting the description. But this man has already captured a man that he is convinced is Vash. This episode is a giant cluster (laughs) of confusion. It's it's great. I love this episode. I remember the first
0: time that I saw this show, it was the first episode was the first one I saw and i was just as confused as everybody else <laughs> like, which, I was like one Wait, is... which
1: one of them is vash yeah, that's a good point yeah i mean we have so much previous knowledge of this having seen it before that we're coming yeah. in it's like okay well obviously vash is this guy but if you've seen if you're seeing this like let's say you're seeing it on adult swim for the first time you know nothing of the show you're like yeah. wow what is this this looks really interesting yeah no Basically, what happens is these, I'm going to say like mercenaries
0: or outlaws or something, trying to get the reward. They track down who they think is Vash the Stampede at this bar and they capture him. But then another bounty hunter shows up thinking that the leader of this other outlaw group, who is the big guy wearing red with a green mohawk, he thinks he's Bash the Stampede. They're all confused. And then Meryl and Millie, who are basically insurance agents, I guess, yeah. insurance enforcers, show up trying to find Bash the Stampede. And they think it's the big guy, too. And he's like, no, it's not me. Like, I would know that
1: I'm not Bash the Stampede. So everyone's all super confused. And it just mayhem ensues. Yeah, because it's that whole thing where it's like the rumors start spreading and they change from person to person. So it, he... Turns from just a guy in red to a guy in red who's 12 feet tall to a guy in red with a mohawk to a guy in red with a mohawk who's 12 feet tall with short legs. And it just keeps going. And yeah, short legs
0: thing cracked me yeah, up.
1: Until it becomes something <laughs> that is completely different from what the actual character is. And Vash the Stampede, we see from the get-go, he seems really laid back and just really clumsy and like not He's capable of being clumsy. this humanoid typhoon that everyone's describing him as.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I love about this show, and it gets way, way deeper as you go, but the one thing that all of the rumors have in common are that Vash destroyed an entire town and killed everybody in it. Everybody thinks that that is definitely something that did happen for sure. Well, and it, um, it kind of is, but yeah. not
1: by fault of his own.
0: Yeah, there, there's truth to it, but right. basically it wasn't his fault, but it
1: did happen. And the interesting thing is the reason that destruction follows his path is because of the initial idea that he destroyed this town and and killed all these people, but also the fact that he's being hunted by all these bounty hunters and they're causing more destruction around him. And therefore, he seems like just something that comes through your town and destroys it because of him being hunted. So it's almost like a causal effect of the initial incident.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting in that way. And in fact... it happens so much that the government, and this is the whole reason that Millie and Merrill are trying to find him and follow him around, is that the government has officially declared him no longer a human being, but he has been officially declared a natural disaster because so much chaos follows him.
1: And, and being, if you're being really technical about it, he's not actually a human being to begin with. Yeah. So it, it turns out that he isn't human.
0: And we don't know that until like a little bit later, but there's a lot of just. A lot of questions from the first episode. There's a whole lot of small cliffhangers all over the place that just keep getting answered throughout the series. But I mean, and as you go, even more mysteries keep popping up. Right. Like we start getting introduced to characters like the gung-ho guns Mm -hmm. and who's knives. And we we get introduced to Wolfwood and all these other characters. It's just, it's crazy. It is a crazy show.
1: For 26 episodes, they really plot out a great universe of characters that it's like, wow, this is a really intriguing story. There's so much meat to this that it's, it's strange that they were able to fit it into such a short series. It's really funny too because Vash... He he knows he has this reputation. So sometimes he
0: tries to intimidate people like just by, you know, give, staring them down. He'll aim his gun at them and you're like, "Oh, oh, crap." <laughs> like you're you're scared, but then all of a sudden he'll like pull the trigger and it'll be empty and it'll go click 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 and he's like, "Ah!" And runs away (laughs) or something. So he's actually just a big like doofus instead of like a real scary, deadly dude. At least
1: you think so. Yeah, there's exactly. His character is so interesting because of that. I mean, you see throughout the series, the first episode included, that he doesn't want to kill anyone. His whole thing, he he is an expert marksman, basically. So even though he will fire his gun, he will use it to disable more than he will kill. He'll find something to shoot around you that will stop you instead of, you know, actually shooting you. So yeah. that's something else I really respected about his character, almost in a very like a classic Batman kind of way where yeah. he's not killing anyone. Really, he's not even roughing anyone up. He just wants to stop people and save as many other people as he can
0: right and and in fact the two main bounty hunter guys that are after him like the one throws that giant like boomerang at him or something and Vash just I don't know if he just moves out of the way or something and it uh or like he shoots something he jumps and pushes it a little bit he throws off its trajectory it comes back
1: and it ends up Inadvertently taking both of them out, doesn't I, not it? Not like, inadvertently, though. Like it was his plan the whole time. But that's the thing. It's like, it seems like an accident, but he's making these accidents happen because he's just that precise about things. Right.
0: You know what? He reminds me a good way to maybe explain his personality is he reminds me of like if Deadpool had a heart and didn't want to kill anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's goofy. He could be the perfect
1: killer, but he doesn't want to be and he chooses not to be. Yeah, exactly. He's making this choice really every day he's out there, especially with all the people that are after him. He easily could go the other route, but he makes yeah. a conscious decision not to. And that is
0: probably the most intriguing part of this show because he really gets put to the test a lot. I mean, there there are... Parts And we'll get into it in this next episode where he gets absolutely pushed to his limit. So
1: Sequentially, the way that we watch these episodes, we're actually getting to see in the three episodes that we watch, we're getting to see the progression of his driving him to do something that he isn't about, that he doesn't want to do. This would be a good kind of timeline of his progression as a character or even de-evolution if you want to look at it that way. But we'll jump into the second episode, which was Diablo season one, episode 12. This was my choice because of Vash's scary blue eyes. That's what I remembered about <laughs> it, and that's why I chose it. This is like his version of Super Saiyan mode or something. Oh, yeah. That, he gets blue eyes. He is super frightening when he's got those blue eyes.
0: He really is. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into what the episode's
1: about. So Vash is thrown in jail after being accused of killing a local shoemaker. Even if he gets out of his cell, there's going to be trouble. Monev the Gale is gunning for him after being hired by Legato. What's interesting, I don't know, interesting so much, just crazy, the more I think about it, Mona of the Gale is the first gung-ho gun that Vash faces. And the gung-ho guns, just to give a little premise here, are just a group of assassins hired by Knives to kill Vash. So so who's Knives? Knives is what we find out a little bit later. Vash's twin brother, who is the exact opposite of Vash as far as his mentality goes. And as I said before, he's not human, so neither is knives. They're actually sort of alien kind of uh, power plants in a yeah, way. Yeah, they were like created in like a lab on a space shuttle. Right. Out of some sort of plant thing. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, I don't understand it fully myself. And I, I even after all these years, I don't get it completely. But know that he is a power plant. And so is knives. <laughs> power plant. And so whereas Vash wants everybody to get along and wants love and peace, Knives sees himself as superior to human beings and therefore wants to eradicate humanity because he doesn't see them fit for survival.
0: And this kind of started because of who was taking care of them on that spaceship when they were growing up. So her name's Rem and she's kind of almost like a, I don't know, Vash has a really weird kind of relationship where he kind of looks at her like almost like a mother or sister figure, but also maybe a love interest at the same time he's constantly thinking about her and like envisioning her so throughout the series he has like these little not really hallucinations he's like seeing her even though she's not there and she's talking to him and then it goes into him having flashbacks or they might be sitting on a grassy hill and she's talking to him and stuff like that and calming him down and telling him to be good so he basically just looked up to her he absolutely loved her and she was good to him and trying to. Teach him like the best values that humanity could have to teach. Right. Whereas Knives kind of went the opposite and Knives was seeing this as like a weakness. Knives is like, we're not human. We're more powerful than this. We don't need this
1: compassion that you have. That's a weakness. So it's really interesting. And if you think about it, just- I'm getting really technical with all this because I remember, I'm starting to remember <laughs> it all. But if you think about it, like Rim finds them when they are just born. They age rapidly, but don't age past their uh, mid 20s or something as far as right. appearance goes, but they're aging rapidly. So she was only with them for. Maybe not not, maybe less than a year and Vash is known to be 181 years old as far as when the anime starts. So therefore this was over 180 years ago that all of this happened. So he's been holding on to this guilt and these feelings for over 100 years. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine
0: if somebody's holding on to that kind of guilt or sorrow for that long. I mean, you think about something that you regret and if it's something like us, it might be something that happened 10, 15 years ago because we're only 30. So this dude's 180 years old. I mean, think about like what that would do to a person if they held on to that for that long.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so deep. It is deep. (laughs) We dove into the deep end. But anyway, let's dive back into the episode. I'll I'll get back to just the basis of it. So Monev the Gale is the first gung-ho gun. And what he has done is has been training in a room alone for 20 years, apparently, in order to match up with the skill level of Vash so that he can kill him. 20 years he's been in that room doing this. It is crazy. And it's like a dark room, too. And yeah. not only that, but I mean, he's big and powerful and he has these like giant arm cannons. But overall, he's he's no match for Vash at the end of the day. However, he does come in and manage to cause a lot of destruction. He kills a lot of people. He kills like a whole town full of people. And that scene is really powerful too, because it's almost like a slow motion thing. And there's silence to it. It's always crazy to me when they they pull off those silent scenes where there's just so much happening. There's only music going on and just kind of cutting from scene to scene. And you see Vash like screaming silently. Oh,
0: it's yeah, it's really it it gets to you. It pulls your heartstrings a bit, especially because the very beginning of this episode, Vash is like sitting on a bench and there's these kids playing kickball and one of them accidentally kicks the ball into his face (laughs) and then he chases after him and he's like playing with them and he's like buying the little kids ice cream and stuff like that and then when monev the gale comes in starts trying to kill vash and he's just taking out walls of houses and stuff and then he causes this big explosion the one that you're talking about and it kind of pans around and you see like some of those kids that were playing dodgeball you see their bodies like they're dead like he killed everyone right and just man it just is like a
1: sucker punch right to the stomach seeing that yeah and just seeing even before that legato yeah i gotta explain who legato is legato is knives primary henchman his his avid follower and he has telepathic powers to where he can control people with his mind and and he's super powerful and super creepy Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he so he does things Oh, like when one of my favorite parts of his or one of the just freakiest parts is when he's communicating with Vash telepathically and he's talking to this little girl offering her a hot dog. And while she's oh, eating it, yeah. Vash is seeing these imagery of him like starting to crush her crush head, her head. And then he looks over and his arms are just up in the air is like. Nope, not yeah. doing anything. And so yeah. he's just playing literal mind games with them. The reason that Vash gets jailed, as as I kind of mentioned in the synopsis, is because he's suspected of killing this shoemaker who he had been talking to earlier in the episode. But what actually happened was that Legato killed this shoemaker and put what I'm assuming is his head in a bag. And left it on the bench. And left it on a bench near Vash. Oh. God, it is just so creepy.
0: Yeah. Legato is probably one of the scariest villains I've ever seen in
1: anything. Uh, with like, all that power, too, because that dude terrifies me. He even says, he's like, I could kill everyone here before you could even blink an eye. And that's, yeah, that's such a that's scary nuts. fact. He's the only reason he hasn't is because he's holding back for unknown reasons, really, but just because he's insane. I, I think it's because he's so
0: sadistic and. He's so loyal to Knives that, I mean, Knives basically gives Legato his ultimate goal of torture my brother as much as you can. Right. And and so Legato makes that his sole purpose. And not, like, physically, but he will psychologically destroy Vash as much as he possibly can. Uh. Just... Completely psychological
1: torture. And he to the max. He does it (laughs) so effectively too. But yeah, definitely. We we can get into that in the next episode because it's very much around that. But for now, Monet the Gale, this big guy, big hulking guy with guns. And Monev is actually Venom spelled backwards, and he's inspired by the Spider-Man villain, Venom. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah. So it's pretty cool thinking about it like that because the, the creator of this show is a big fan of the Spider-Man comics. Makes That's sense. That's just a small tie-in. So after he destroys the whole town, Vash only has two bullets left, and he has to stop him. So what he ends up doing is kind of setting this a mini trap with the vault door and things like that. And he takes him out relatively easily to the point where after Monev has been disarmed, he just, he's a complete coward. Like he he doesn't want to die. Plus Vash's eyes had turned blue. Oh yeah. He went into full rage mode.
0: You think Vash is going to kill this dude because he just looks like he's finally broke. He kicks Monev right in the like teeth, knocks him to the ground and sticks the barrel of his gun to his eye. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Like.
1: And and Ugh, with his blue scary. eyes going on the whole time. Yeah. And he's just, he's intent on killing. Like he, at that point, he's going to kill him. Yeah. And then that's when we get a small flashback of Rim again. And that really talks him down, talks him out of it. It's crazy that, you know, this mercenary guy who's been
0: training 20 years to kill this dude like Vash has been able to reduce him down to this just
1: whimpering little boy in a man's body. And that's just such a powerful scene. And I think the reason I chose this episode as well is because this is really one of the first times you get to see Vash kind of rage out like that. Right. Because you're used to seeing just the the carefree kind of happy-go-lucky bash and then you get to see this other side of him even uh millie and meryl are frightened of him yeah in fact like i think
0: meryl's trying to to even approach him and comfort him and Vash knows what's happening to him. He knows that he's at a breaking point and he has to yell at them to get away from him because he's afraid of what's what he's going to do. Yeah, it's a really powerful moment. Great episode. Uh, Yeah, he he does.
1: He does end up letting Monev go, at least for the time being. That can jump us into our next episode, which is Sin Season 1, Episode 24. And remember, there's only 26 episodes. This is very close to the end. This is the highest rated, and understandably so. After Vash faces Mid-Valley the Horn Freak, he squares off with Legato for a final showdown. Making matters worse, the townsfolk are stuck in the middle of the chaos.
0: Now, before we get into anything of this episode, I think you should explain who Nicholas D. Wolfwood is, because that plays a really, really big part in what happens in this episode and what happens for the rest of the series.
1: So Wolfwood and Vash become friends. Wolfwood is an awesome character. He's got this giant cross that also seconds as a, a, a giant gun. and It's like
0: full of all kinds of, yeah. lots of guns and like a that's, rocket that's launcher. True. It's
1: just a, a, yeah, it's a kind of a Swiss army knife weapon. Uh, initially, he's not too concerned about the lives of others, the, the people he's, you know, fighting against. Like he wouldn't mind if he took somebody out but eventually he goes the way of Vash and he starts to really kind of sympathize with him and follow his guidelines. What kind of leads into this episode is Wolfwood being killed. See, I don't remember what happens exactly.
0: I think what happens is, is Wolfwood, he gets confronted by one of the gung-ho guns while Vash is fighting somebody else. And I think Wolfwood might be outmatched. And I don't remember if Wolfwood... Had he yeah, had taken on Vash's thing and was like, I'm not going to kill this guy. And so Wolfwood ends up being killed himself. But he writes Vash a note in his own blood to tell him who's behind all these gung-ho guns and everything. And by writing one word on the wall, and that word is knives. And that's the first time we figure out what's really going on.
1: Yeah. And this is 24 episodes into the 26 episode series. So it is very late that we get that reveal. Mid Valley, the Horn Freak is kind of the weirdest gung ho gun in my mind because fights with a saxophone. He, yeah, his saxophone is his weapon. He's able to kind of uh, play with sound in such a way with his saxophone that he can cause pain with it, and that essentially is his weapon of choice. And he he can kill with it. He faces off against Vash. He's beating him at first. Vash eventually, since he still doesn't want to kill anyone, he ricochets a bullet off of something in order to hit mid-valley's horn so that it disables it oh yeah it does something to his b flat because he goes yeah. my b flat
0: yeah <laughs> but then he tries to blow another note and vash yells he's like no and then his saxophone like explodes and kills him well he he
1: does it knowingly though like he yeah, knows that's why this i wasn't sure yeah. yeah
0: i wasn't sure if he did
1: it on purpose knowing he was gonna die or what i was really confused by that part for me i believe that His whole thing right there was because Vash is so against death, his whole thing was he wanted to humiliate him and kind of shame him by taking himself out. Since he had been defeated, really, it was either he takes himself out or probably Knives or Legato would anyway. So this was his way to exit. Before we move any further, I want to go back to something that happens before
0: that fight starts, which is this episode opens with Vash sitting on a bench. Trying to be lighthearted, eating a bunch of donuts, and he's thinking about Wolfwood, and he just starts, like, he loses himself, he just, he's crying, like, hysterically, because his best friend was just horribly killed, and these, like, little kids run up to him, they're like, hey, why is this guy crying, and stuff like that, and Vash is like, "Uh, my friend went away, isn't it okay if an adult is sad, but then all of a sudden, these kids' voices changed a little bit. And they're like, it was your fault. Yeah, you killed Wolfwood. Right. And it's Legato is messing with these kids. And oh my God, that was one of the creepiest moments I've ever
1: seen. Really, the climax of this episode is with Legato. He starts taking control of the whole town. Right. After the whole Mid-Valley thing, which is only a very small portion of the episode, Legato comes back in and he's taunting Bash. He wants him to meet him up on top of a hill for a final showdown and he's essentially asking Vash to kill him or saying like you know if you want this to all stop all you have to do is kill me like he's trying to push him he's just trying to make him finally take someone out he puts Vash in the quintessential
0: impossible situation where Vash's morals are so strong and he's like I can't kill anyone I can't kill a person but Legato's saying you have to kill me, and if you don't, you see over in the on the side, the townspeople that he's controlling have captured Millie and Merrill and have them on the ground, and they have weapons, and they're gonna kill them. They're gonna kill the two women if he doesn't kill Legato.
1: And they're already shooting Bash; like they've shot him in the yeah, arm a couple times Yeah, he's already been shot several times. Yeah, he's on thin ice right now, and it, the ice is just breaking and breaking and. He's being pushed to a point where he has no choice, like you said. So he has to make a call, and he shoots Legato right through the head. Uh, It's And that's such a crazy scene, too. I love the way they did it, where they zoom out like that. And yeah, you, you see, see kind of the silhouette. Not even a silhouette. I mean, you see them, but you you see him like i don't remember you see there was like, sound it's like to legato's it. yeah you hear the gunshot and you just see legato's body slump over right you hear the but gunshot it, you know it's in the distance yeah it is in the distance but and so oh my gosh yeah it shows just enough so you know what happened and you heard it and you're like oh my wow that is nuts and it sounds weird but this is a huge moment
0: because this is the first time vash purposely killed somebody I mean, he's accused this whole thing for killing hundreds if not thousands of people, but the one person he actually does kill purposefully is Legato. It's so weird because Legato is so evil, but Vash is so broken up about having done it. As bad as Legato is, Vash is completely hysterical over having to have killed somebody. He's sobbing like super hard, just disgusted with himself, even though he didn't have a choice. After that happens, it gets super quiet and it cuts to Knives laughing like maniacally. And that's the end of the episode. And you're like, oh,
1: God. I think we pretty much covered those whole episodes. I think it's about time for us to try and save our inner kids from Legato's mind control. And wait, what? He was never controlling them? They've just been evil this whole time? That makes sense. Well, nevertheless, let's see what those future gung-ho guns thought of the show. Try gun.
0: This cartoon is really neat because Vash is really funny and he loves donuts like me. But I'm kind of scared of the gung-ho guns and legato and knives. But I love Millie and Merrill and Wolfwood and there's all these gunfights and they're like bang, bang, bang. And this silly cat keeps popping up all of nowhere. And I would watch this show all day so I would give it five bowls of donut-flavored cereal out of five. And now your turn, Joseph. Bang, bang. Thanks, little Chris. The juxtaposition of the clumsy, happy-go-lucky facade that Vash presents to the world, paralleled with the troubled marksman who's kind to a fault, makes for an incredibly dynamic protagonist. Not only that, but you can even sympathize with a few of the numerous unique villains. That's just strong storytelling. I knew I loved this show from the moment that I first saw it, and that still holds true for every subsequent reviewing. For me, Trigun gets five big bowls of Planet Gunsmoke cereal out of five, and even if you've never seen an anime, I think this would be a great place to start. This world is made of... Love and peace. Oh, great job, kids. Love and peace. Well said. So do you have any final thoughts on Trigun before we get out of here?
1: Final thoughts? I mean... I don't know what I could really say more than I've already said. This is just such an amazing anime. Even if you're hesitant about anime as a whole, check this one out. And I think it'll change your mind because it's got a little bit of everything. It has humor. It has very serious moments and it has a ton of action. And to mix all of those flawlessly is such an achievement and a great accomplishment. Vash as a heroic character to me, he is the character that I want all my heroes to be. I love it when a hero makes a decision and goes out of their way, even if it involves complicating their own lives even further, to not harm or not kill another person, even if that person obviously, quote unquote, deserves it. I love how strongly he sticks to his morals throughout this show. He's just a perfect hero. What about you? Any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, I you know what? I forgot how deep this show gets. The fights are brutal, the deaths are really painful, like really hit you hard. And the psychological warfare against Bash by Legato and by Knives is just heart-wrenching at times. The show just, it has so much more thought behind it than what's on the surface. And there's a lot of anime out there that does the same, but this one really stands out for me. I'm definitely going to have to watch this series again from beginning to end, because it's just, you have to. You you have to watch it all the way through. I th- I think my favorite part of the whole thing is honestly that relationship between Legato and Vash. As a... Big old comic nerd, the the best way I can describe that for someone that doesn't quite maybe get it is if you think of like Wolverine and Sabretooth, even though Wolverine has killed people and blah, blah, blah. Wolverine tries to hang on to the shred of humanity and Sabretooth. His thing is always trying to get Wolverine to admit he's as much of a monster as Sabretooth is. So Sabretooth is always, you know, messing with him, killing people, trying to get him to kill him. He's doing it to break Wolverine, and that's exactly what Legato is doing to Vash. He's doing it to prove that Vash isn't a human, that he's a weapon, he's a monster... And he's using all this psychological torture to prove his point, to get Vash to break his code and, and to murder and kill, to basically say, yeah, you're one of us. You aren't better than us. You're one of us. So, man, it's crazy. And I found out, I didn't know this, that there's actually, there's a Trigun movie. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Called Badlands Rumble. I've never seen that. It was really good. That's a special that we'll have to do later on in the show sometime.
1: Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching The New Adventures of Superman. Once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. (laughs) Presented by Nerd Sloth. A place for lazy nerds.